Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of the Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go. America's small business conversation is on the air. It's the Pat Miller Show. One hour exclusively for entrepreneurs to work on your business, not in it. It's time to solve problems, capture opportunities, and celebrate your wins. Powered by the Idea Collective small business community. This is the Pat Miller Show. Now your host, Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Are you building a small business? Cool. I'm building a small business, and we are here to solve small business problems. Welcome to the Pat Miller Show. This is America's Small Business Conversation. And on this program, we're looking at the things that we get stuck on, the things that we need to know more about, the things that if we could get cleared up, we could move the business forward. We talk about it every single week. We interview the best and the brightest we can get our hands on. We also do some live brainstorming on this show. We're solving America's small business problems. I'm so glad that you're here. This week, my guests, man, they are good. And you're here just in time. Because we're going to innovate this week. Ha ha! We're going to do something we've never done on the Pat Miller Show. I was sitting around talking with a member of my team, and we were thinking about what should we do this week on the program. And she said to me, well, you've had some really great stuff on the show. Why don't you do some of your greatest hits, like some of the interviews and content that you've done? Let's bring back the best ones. Great idea. So this week, We're going to sit down with some of the previous folks we've had on the air and play back some of their insights. So if you're new to the show, this is great because you're going to hear some of the best stuff we've ever done. And if you listen to the show regularly, first of all, thank you and you're beautiful and nice smelling, but you will get back in touch with some of the best stuff that we've done. So on today's show, we're going to talk with Hallie Brooke. One of my favorite guests, she helps entrepreneurs discover the relationship between wellness and fitness. And we're going to talk with Alexis Caldicott about how to get people to actually show up to your virtual events. Both of those interviews are coming up, and thanks for joining this best of edition of The Pat Miller Show. Let's kick it off now. We'll start today's show here with a question that I get all the time. The problem is... I don't have enough hours in the week. How can I be more productive? So I've put together five things to think about if you want to be more productive in your week. If you came from corporate, you need to unlearn their habits. This took me a minute to kind of think about. I needed to unlearn the way corporate told me to work because I had to break traffic laws and weave through a bunch of cars to get there by 8.30 in the morning, and I couldn't leave until 5 o'clock or the boss would look at me funny, so I had a very set schedule. Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 5, no questions asked. Even if I had nothing to do, Even if I wasn't being productive, it was 8.30 to 5, Monday through Friday. Well, when you do your own thing, if you don't have a retail shop, like if you're a knowledge worker or a contractor or something, you get to pick when you work. 
and you get to pick what works for you. Get to pick up the kids from school every day? You could just not work from 2.30 to 4. It's important for you to go to the gym in the morning? Great! Knock off from 8.30 till 10. You get to pick the schedule that works for you, and you get the opportunity to unlearn the schedule that corporate taught you. And here's where it gets really fun. What if you don't want to work on Fridays? Great, don't. Wait, what? I can only work four days a week? Yeah. What if I like to work from 5 p.m. to midnight? Great, do it. Huh? I don't have to work during the day? No. It's really liberating. And it's a little wild when you really put your head around, what would it be like if I only worked four days a week? The second one is you got to get in tune with your peak production times. Everybody has times during the day when they just feel on it, where you work faster, you think clearer, and you get more things done. You might be three to five in the afternoon. I am like six until nine in the morning. Couple of cups of coffee. Whew, I'm awake. I'm caffeinated. I'm getting it done. I get more done before 9 a.m. than the rest of the day. It's just how I work. And we all need to know what those power times are because we need to protect them. I'm talking digging a trench, barbed wire, armed guards, scary dogs, electric fences. Protect those times. Your scheduling begins with knowing when you like to work and when you work at your best because no one else gets those times. No one. No clients, no partners, nobody. The beginning of your schedule is your peak time defended. From there, we will expand. So when do you want to work? When do you work best? Those are your times. The next step is to go to your calendar and block out those times. So if three to five is your peak time, go to your calendar and block out two to five every day. No one's going to die. No one's going to even know that you've blocked out two to five. So now you've gifted yourself those times. With those times blocked out, knowing that your peak hours are yours and yours alone, then you can bring in an automated calendar tool. Calendly is probably the best known, but there are a million of them. Here is my booking tool if you want to have a calendar meeting with me. It's effective because you don't have to go back and forth via email to book a time, one. And two, no one can pick your peak times. So no one can book you before you feel like working. Let's say you don't start your day until 10 a.m. And no one can book a time between three and five. So the next question is, but Pat, what if they want to book with me and they have to wait like five or six days to get a meeting? Good. <laughs> Great. No problem. You can always have an exception made for them and have a nine o'clock coffee if you don't want to work till 10, but no one gets your peak times. Nobody, nobody, nobody gets your peak times because those are your most productive hours. We're talking about five ways you can become more productive as a small business owner. Here is the fourth. Meetings become emails. Emails become text messages. Every single time you can bump a commitment into that order, you win. So let's say you have a meeting on Thursday with Bob. Get a hold of Bob and say, hey, Bob, um, 
can this meeting turn into an email? Like, what's the one thing that you need to get out of me? Oh, I want to talk to you about sponsorship for the Idea Collective Retreat. Awesome. You can reply to Bob with the PDF, with all of the sponsorship opportunities, no need for a meeting. Because think about what happens in a meeting. When you have a meeting, how are the kids? How was your weekend? What are you going to get for lunch? Blah, 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 blah. It's like 20 minutes of happy talk. And then you actually talk the business. Now, meetings have their place, but if every email becomes a meeting, you'll never get anything done. And every time you can turn a meeting into an email, you win. Same thing happens when an email becomes a text message. Instead of going back and forth in multiple paragraphs, you can just communicate with people quickly and easily and you're done. Meetings become emails. Emails become text messages. Work that plan and you will save yourself so much headache and so much time. So now we know when do we want to work? When do we work best? How do people get in touch with us and how we can compact the time down to the least amount of space? Because what we're creating here is as much free time in your calendar as possible. All of your greatest thinking, all of your greatest work will come when you're not chunking out your time. You're not doing 20 minutes of work and then another meeting, 20 minutes of work, and then you got to go someplace. You have as much space uninterrupted as possible. And that's the fifth tip to be more productive, uninterrupted time. Now, this one may take a minute and you might have to like take a deep breath when you do it, but it works. You need to get scarce and get off the grid when it's time to do your deep work. I'm talking phone on do not disturb. At least airplane mode is better. Email closed or offline inbox is better. Either way, get your phone out of arm's reach, get it offline, get into your web browser and block out social media. You need to like close the doors, turn off the lights practically. Nobody's home. I'm here to do my deep work. That's the fifth and final tip. Our best of episode continues with Hallie Brooke talking about wellness for entrepreneurs next. Thanks for joining us this week for America's Small Business Conversation. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. We'll see you right here next week. America's Small Business Conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. You're an expert in your own field, so why not take it to the next level and get paid for it? Hi, I'm Wendy Babcock. My three-day paid speaking boot camp is your ticket to turning what you know into real income. No matter if it's an audience of five people or 500, or if you don't have books, services, products, or programs to sell, even if you're not a celebrity or even well-known, Wendy's online paid speaking boot camp will give you the skills to always get paid for speaking no matter what. Keynote speakers get paid anywhere from $2,500 to $7,500. At my intensive three-day boot camp, you'll not only build your speaking skills, you'll also learn where to find and how to book speaking gigs. The next boot camp is June 27th through 29th. Register now at paidspeakingbootcamp.com and you'll also get lifetime access to Wendy's weekly speaker support hour, an exciting forum to get answers and unlock still more secrets to getting paid for speaking every time you step on stage, no matter what. Register now at paidspeakingbootcamp.com. Paidspeakingbootcamp.com. Developing your business is a journey. 
So make sure and bring along a trusted Sidekick. As your business grows, Sidekick Accounting will be there. Sidekick Accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, tax preparation, and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick, Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414-310-7689. That's 414-310-7689. You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit Sidekick-Accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey, so bring along a trusted Sidekick. Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show. This is America's Small Business Conversation. You're a small business owner, right? So you're going to say yes to the next question, I guarantee. Are you really, really busy? Well, of course you are. We're all busy. But bad things can happen when you go beyond busy and get to overscheduled. When you're overscheduled and you're running too far too fast, you can have too much stress you can get too much fatigue, and that can lead to bad business decisions. So when it comes to taking care of you, the entrepreneur, you know who I turn to. Hallie Brook, founder and CEO of Live Nourish Coaching, is back with us on the Pat Miller Show. Hallie, thanks for joining us again. How are you today? I'm awesome. Pat, it's always so fun to be with you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you're here. And we're going to talk about being overscheduled. And when we first brought up this topic, I'm like, huh, what is the health and wellness entrepreneur person going to talk to us about overscheduled for? But being overscheduled can lead to bad health outcomes, right? Yeah, both bad health outcomes and bad business outcomes. So the CDC, whatever we think of it, now ranks chronic stress as more dangerous than smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Whew. Yeah, which is pretty heavy. And for, I think, most business owners that I talk to, when I say, how are you doing? They go, huh. Stressed. <laughs> so it's not only damaging your health to the level of smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, it's also damaging your business because you're not able to focus on the things that really truly matter. And so it's a double detrimental whammy that if we can flip the script and do something different, we can be healthier and happier and have a more productive, successful business. How do we end up being so overscheduled? What gets us to that place? Yeah, I think there's three things. The first thing I think as entrepreneurs, we have a chronic tendency to think that busy equals productive, which is entirely untrue. Busy and productive are not the same thing. But so many entrepreneurs I know, we value busy. So part of it is a mindset. Part of it is there are just a lot of things to do. In a small business, you are not just wearing one hat. You're wearing six. And so there are like significant, legitimate things that you need to get done in order to move the ship forward. And problem number three is we as a culture and society are uncomfortable in saying no. So we say yes to way too many things. We have too many things on our plate already. And then we say yes to all of the good things. And now we don't have time for the actual things that keep us healthy, wealthy, and productive. So we're making a lot of decisions, 
but not the right decisions. Exactly. And we need to say no more often. So that is kind of uncomfortable. You don't want to tell people no, but we have to learn that as a skill. So how can we be better at telling people no? Yeah. So the first thing that I would say is get really clear on what you are working on quarter by quarter. So as a business, if you are explicitly working on you know, growth and marketing, you are going to meet with people. You're going to say yes to people who align with growth and marketing for your business. And you are going to say no to everybody else, even if they're a good idea. Um, you're going to say no to networking groups that are not in alignment with, with that. You're going to say no to one-to-ones that are not in alignment with that. You're going to say no to meetings. You're going to say no to everything that is not in alignment with your goal. And you're going to do it kindly. You're going to say, hey, it would be awesome to meet with you. I would love to meet with you, but I'm scheduled out right now until mid-March because I'm focusing on this really specific piece of my business. And so I need to say no for the next four months. Would you like to meet with me four months from now? We're talking with Hallie Brook, the founder and CEO of Live Nourished Coaching. We're talking about becoming overscheduled, which for many of us, we just wake up one day and realize, oh my gosh, I'm completely underwater. So saying no doesn't feel great, but the way that you explained it helps me a little bit. But we have to know again what to say yes to and what to say no to. So you talked about that a little bit. Is there a decision tree so we know which one's the right one and which one's not the right one? Yes, there is a decision tree. So the first thing you want to say is you want to say, okay, what is my focus right now? And does this person align specifically with that focus? Like that's a super easy yes or no. Then you go down that train and you say, is this someone who I can see being a really positive strategic partnership now? Or is this someone who I can see being a really strategic partnership in the future? If you answered no to question one, you're either saying no to them or you're pushing them. If you answered yes to question one, yes, this is someone who is in line with what I'm focusing on right now. Then we ask ourselves, is this a now or a later? If it's a now, then you schedule them. If it's a later, then you say, hey, I'm focusing on this right now. I would love to meet with you later. And you move them later. Um, It's sort of an art form. You know, like you don't always know. Sometimes (laughs) you have that one meeting that you didn't think was going to be great. And it was absolutely mind blowing. And that becomes, you know, your absolute best business associate. But for the most part, if we look back and we can look back at our patterns, we can see who was a good yes and who was a good no. And we can kind of start to tease that out. Okay. So if you walk into my schedule presently, it would look like my teenager's bedroom. (laughs) Stuff everywhere. Yeah. So help me clean my schedule. How would we go about reorganizing our schedule to stop being so overscheduled? What would you have me do? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I would say to do is what are your priorities? And this is you're doing this work, not looking at your calendar. You're saying, what am I working on right now? And I like to go quarter by quarter because I think it's easier. So in quarter two, what am I focusing on? Then you're going to go look at your calendar and you're going to look at everything that's on that calendar. And if it is not related to your focus project in quarter two, you're either going to cancel it or you're going to move it. And then the third thing that you're going to do, um, this comes from the 12-week year, which is brilliant, but there's three types of blocks. So there's the focus block, the buffer block, and the breakout block. The focus block, I think, is the most important block. And that's where as entrepreneurs, we get those big projects done. That's where we're doing professional development. We're really moving the needle forward. And in your schedule, you need at least one a week. And that's a three-hour block of time that no one can touch. And you protect that 
like it's your firstborn child. Like when someone's like, hey, I would like to meet on Monday and you go, Monday is my focus block. You say, no, sorry, I can meet three weeks from now. So step one, figure out what you're focusing on. Step two, delete or reschedule everything in your calendar for the next three months that are not directly related to that. Step four, put a focus block in your calendar. I personally have two in my calendar right now. And it's not that I'm not busy, but that is three hours of time that I am sitting at my desk focusing on one thing. And then um, step four is I would say build in an hour to two hours a week of what I call white space. And white space is your yes space. So that's when you do meet someone at a networking event and you go, oh man, this is someone that I need to meet now. You actually have time to say yes to that person. It's a great way of thinking about it. And just to bring it home, if we're not overscheduled, we won't rush through the drive through for lunch or skip our workout at the end of the day. That's part of your evil. I mean, this is part of your master plan. Is that right? That is part of my master plan. Yeah. If you are not overscheduled, you're able to stop when it's time to stop and take care of yourself. You're able to say, I'm out of the office at five and my workout starts at 5.15. If you're overscheduled, you've been trying to fit emails and all of these things in. And so five o'clock rolls around and you still have two hours of work that you probably legitimately have to get done. And so, yeah, you're not exercising. You're not taking care of your family. You're not meal prepping because that was your dinner making time. And your health falls apart. And when your health falls apart, you can't run your business. I got to tell you, my most productive hour is the hour right before I go to the gym. Because it's like, well, you know, I got to keep going. I'm in the groove. I can't, you know, yep. it's it's a thing that I do. It's it's not a good habit. But these are great reminders for us not to get overscheduled. Hallie Brook, founder and CEO, Live Nourish Coaching. Thanks for coming out again on The Pat Miller Show. Pat, thank you for having me. It is absolutely a joy. America's Small Business Conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. You have a brand. Your business's brand is one of the most important things on your plate. As a business owner, you keep up with the trends. So what's hot these days? It's live events. Owning your small business combined with speaking at live events positions you as the expert in your field. That's where Bankable Events comes into play. Bankable Events is an event advisory and management firm with a primary focus on maximum conversion events. With more than 4,000 live events under their belt, they have the expertise to design face-to-face events that get your audience pumped up and generate profits. The minute you partner with Bankable Events, they'll start creating a custom Customized strategy to take you from idea to income. Just think of the opportunities ahead for you. Call 303-550-1123 or head to bankableevents.com. Join over 1,000 other small business owners and CEOs who use Bankable Events to build community and drive revenue. That's bankableevents.com. Now, America's small business conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show. This is America's Small Business Conversation. And here's something great, but really frustrating. And it affects almost everyone that tries to have an online event. Okay, tell me if this sounds familiar. You've got an online event you put out to the world. Hey, come to my thing. And here come 60, 70, 80, 150 people that say, yes, Pat, I'll be there. And then the day of the event, 10 people show. And you look around and you say, where are all you people? You said you were coming to my online event. It happens all the time and it is supremely frustrating. So how do you get people to show up to a virtual event 
when they say they're going to be there. We're going to bring back on the show an events expert. She really knows what she's talking about. Alexis Caldicott. She's the owner of the A-Team event company. Alexis, welcome back to the Pat Miller Show. How are you today? Hey, Pat. I'm awesome. Thanks for having me back. Uh, I'm excited to have you here because I am so frustrated with this particular issue. I've got my popcorn out. I've got my notepad in hand. I am ready. Everyone has seen this happen when they have an online event. They tell everyone that they should come. Everyone says they will, and then nobody shows up. So how do we get people to show up when they say they're going to show up? Yep, totally. Yeah, and I would say, Pat, as a precursor to what I'm going to share um, the quality of your marketing definitely has an impact and the level of content that you share leaves a lasting impression because before they even come to the event subconsciously, they know whether or not they would buy from you. They know whether or not they want to spend time with you based on the quality of your marketing. So just a little side point, the quality of your marketing to get them there is important. But like you said, once you get them there, right? Woohoo, 100 people registered. Now the hard part's over. Nope. Now it's your job to get them to show up. This needs to be like tattooed on your arm if you're doing virtual events. Confirmations are more important than registrations. Confirmations are more important than registration. Your biggest job as an event host is to make sure people show up. So that is, that's some deep thought stuff there. Confirmations are more important than registrations. But before we even dig into that nugget, can we back up? One nugget, you're saying when people see the marketing for your event and they say, yeah, I'm going to come, they've already kind of prejudged whether or not this is an event worthy of their time and they would be ready to buy at the event. They can tell even before the event if you're the type of person to do business with. A hundred percent. Because listen, we all prejudge. That's just the world we live in. That's never going to change. And the quality that you give them before they register, it stays. It leaves a lasting impression. So if you're just kind of surface level and like, hey, come to my event, and then they register, it's kind of like, all right, you know, then a lot of times those tickets are low cost. So it could be an impulse buy for them versus if you have high quality marketing and you show them and you, you know, knocked their pants up and it was like, okay, (laughs) I need to come there. Wow, this person really knows what the heck they're talking about. And you created this desire and urgency of, I got to be there from your marketing. It's much higher. The show up rate is much, much higher if you do that with the quality of your marketing. So, yeah, it's it's important. It's very, very important. But then after the fact, you still, life happens, you know, things come up. So we have to stay top of mind with them and keep that excitement going. You got to keep the excitement and that connection going. Okay, that's great stuff. And then you said confirmations are better than registrations, which just my head is still spinning from that one. So, okay, tell us how we get those confirmations, not just the registrations. Yep, yep, totally. So there's three things that you want to create. Three things that need to happen with your, your registrants, right? So they've already registered. Now you need to create community. Right. Why? That's why people love events, right? We go because we want to be transported out of our weird little worlds and bubbles. And have this new environment where we can play and we can learn and we can grow. So community, that's why people love events. You have to create community. Number two, accountability. By nature, we all take the path of least resistance. We do what's easy. We are lazy, all of us, (laughs) by nature. So if there's not some level of accountability and they don't know that you see them and you are holding them accountable, that they are important to you, not just another person on the assembly line, right? Odds are they're not going to come, 
right? So they need to know that you will be there and you're holding them accountable to be there. So that's number two, accountability. Number three is good old classic FOMO, the fear of missing out, right? You can make jokes or roll your eyes at that, but it's true. FOMO works. It's real. No one wants to be the person that missed out on all the cool stuff. So community, accountability, and FOMO. Those are great uh, pieces right there. So let's play speed round. It's time to build community around an event that you're going to host. Any power tips or thoughts on how to build community before the event to make sure that they attend? Yeah, totally. So one popular way, um, love it or hate it, is Facebook groups, right? Facebook groups builds community. People can post in there. They can, you know, do contests, all kinds of things. So Facebook groups are a great way to build community. Um, also do a pre-event bonus call, right? This is one of the, the, there's 12 different stick strategies. This is one of the 12. Doing a pre-event bonus call or mastermind before the event builds community. They get to meet each other. Also bonus gives you an opportunity to upsell them to VIP tickets on that call. Just saying. Um, so those are ways to create community. That's great. We're talking with Alexis Caldecott, and she's helping us understand uh, how to get more people to show up to a virtual event. When they said they're going to come, how do we actually get them to that virtual event? And she listed community, FOMO, and accountability. So what about accountability? Any ideas to make them feel like you're paying attention to them? There's a lot of ways to do this. Um, the number one way I shared on a, a past radio show of yours is reach outs. Personally reaching out, it's the number one way to create accountability and make them feel important and feel seen. So personally reaching out, not through AI or bots or any of that stuff, personally calling them, texting them, DMing them, emailing them. And it can be someone on your team, but one person to one person needs to reach out and say, hey, Pat, I see you. Thank you for getting a ticket. Cannot wait to see you there. You will be there, right? Registration is at this date and time. I can't wait to see you there. You know, personally reaching out to them creates a huge level of accountability. They feel bad <laughs> if they don't, right? Because they feel seen. Um, so confirming that. Um, let's see. Another good one is uh, swag boxes. Have you ever heard of swag boxes? You've done those, Pat? Sure. Yeah. Swag boxes are great, but I've never done them in advance. So what's the strategy for that? So swag boxes are one of your best and biggest hits. So you really want to send a swag box about a week before your event. So for those of you that don't know what a swag box is, a swag box, and it could also be an envelope, but basically you're going to send something through snail mail, right? Good old fashioned fashion snail mail. You're going to send them a box with stuff in it, some swag, some cool stuff. It could be things from your sponsors. It could be snacks. It could be name it, right? It's just basically, hey, here's your survival kit for the event. Here's a box of cool stuff for the event. And it comes to them, it shocks them and awes them, and it it triggers reciprocity. At the end of the day is really what it does. Oh my gosh, look what I just got in the mail. Pat just sent me this really cool box. I gotta go, right? Because yeah. who, who's ever received a gift and not opened it? <laughs> and, and then feel like they owed something to the person that sent right. it. So that would drive exactly. more butts and seats. Yes. All right. Last one is FOMO. So mm-hmm. one thing that I think about with FOMO, people try and show off all the cool stuff they're going to do as opposed to all of the neat things for the audience. Am I on the right track with that? Yes, definitely. So some of the things I mentioned can create FOMO as well. You get to kind of double dip or triple dip in some of these, the community accountability and FOMO. 
like the uh, the pre-event call, right? Oh my gosh, we just had this amazing call and it's, we shared this and there was this aha and this person shared that. So you're already building some FOMO if they missed that pre-event call. And if you're sharing that in your Facebook group, there's another way to create some FOMO. Also, bring a friend campaigns, right? If you do a bring a friend campaign, so you reach out to the people that have tickets and you say, hey, you could bring a friend with you. That creates FOMO for themselves and for their friends that if I don't bring someone with me, they might miss out on something really cool that's happening. And I want them to be with me to share this. Any final thoughts of getting more people to actually show up when they reserve their spot at a virtual event? Don't overcomplicate it and stress yourself out. Simple is best. If you've got a team and you've got a budget, then you can do a bunch of different things. But at the end of the day, the most important is just make sure that they feel seen and that they're important to you and that you counting on them to show up and they will. Few things are more frustrating than getting a long registration list and a very short number of attendees at your virtual event. Hopefully, this conversation will help you. Alexis Caldicott, owner, A-Team event company. Thank you so much for coming on the Pat Miller Show. My pleasure. Coming up, I want to talk about words that need to die in the small business space. We'll do that in just a moment. I want to make sure that you know all about the Small Business Event of the Year. It's the Idea Collective Small Business Conference presented by Bank59. Now, what makes this event so special? It's a place for our Idea Collective community members and those people that all resonate with our theme, Don't Grow It Alone. You see, somewhere along the way, people told us we had to compete with other small business owners. What if we shared our knowledge and we collaborated? How far could we go? Join us for this special event. Learn all about it and get your ticket now. Smallbizretreat.com. That's smallbizretreat.com. America's Small Business Conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Krista Morrissey for Choices Coaching and Consulting. Do you know where most small businesses go wrong? They invest in everything except their leaders. But through strong leaders comes strong business. Are you doing it wrong? Most small businesses focus on production and numbers. Production and numbers come through strong, resilient leaders. And strong leaders strengthen culture. They strengthen your resiliency and they strengthen your bottom line. I develop strong, resilient leaders who will drive your business. It is time for you to refocus your investment. Go to choicescoachingconsulting.com And let's you and I start the conversation now before someone else invests in your leaders. When you invest in your leaders, you invest in the bottom line of your business. Connect with Krista at ChoicesCoachingConsulting.com. Act now. Krista at ChoicesCoachingConsulting.com. Are you a woman who needs to protect and grow your business? Or do you have a secret dream to start one? I bet you do. If you don't have a lawyer on your side, you may be putting your family and personal assets at risk. I know, I know. You might be avoiding lawyers because they seem overwhelming or intimidating. That's why you have to meet the team at Athena Legal Solutions, LLC.com. This all-woman team of talented lawyers are the most approachable, knowledgeable, 
and friendly team you'll ever meet. They exist solely to support women business owners who often go without the legal support they truly need. In 2023, they want to help 223 women create a solid legal foundation for their business. The first 100 women who mention this ad will receive over $100 off of their LLC starter package. Visit Athena Legal Solutions LLC.com. Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show, America's Small Business Conversation. We're uniting small business owners and solopreneurs from coast to coast on our shared journey as we make our business dreams come true. How about our question of the day? I like to ask a question every once in a while just to get your brain turning. And our question of the day is something that I think you'll have a really good answer for. Because if you're annoyed by stuff like this, like I am, you should have your answer right away. The question of the day, what is the word that needs to die in the small business space? What is the word that needs to die in the small business space? It's way overused. It's super exhausting. And the people that use it aren't really as original as they think they are. What words need to die? Is there a word that just leaps to mind right away? The first one that comes to mind for me is, what is your superpower? You've seen those posts all over LinkedIn I've seen people do entire keynotes on finding your superpower. I've seen people write blogs about it, lead magnets, superpower this, superpower that. No. I think it's tied to our fatigue for superhero movies. And the fact that you're really good at something doesn't really make it a superpower. And closely associated with that is the term, but not the meaning of what is your why. What is your why? What is your why? What is your why? Oh my gosh, stop. The idea of having a purpose and something that's bigger than yourself or having a reason why you do what you do, that's fine. But putting it out there as what is your why to me is just completely overdone and we need to find a new way to talk about it. We're talking about words that need to die in the small business space because they're just overused. The next one is, I am your service, like whatever service is, ninja. I'm your ninja. My ninja? I didn't call for, did you call for a ninja? I'm not looking for a ninja. I need someone to do my social media. Thanks. I don't need a ninja. And people use the word ninja because it's catchy and it's cool and it's clever. But there are, if you look around on LinkedIn, there are a lot of ninjas hanging around. I mean, think all the ninjas you run into on a daily basis. There's a lot of ninjas. And when you say the word ninja enough, it sounds really funny. Ninja, ninja, ninja. Like it starts to be a funny sounding word after a while. And the people that use it, boy, they think that makes them cool and mysterious. I'm a ninja. No, you're not, Terry. You're a manager. You're not a ninja. If you're trying to hire people, you really should stop saying that you're like a family. 
shouldn't say you're like a family anymore because my mom never made me wear a uniform. You're not like a family. You're not anything like a family. But somehow saying we're like a family, that we're understanding and compassionate and kind and all the things that are good that come along with being a family, that may be true. But families didn't offer overtime and they don't have 401ks and they don't ask you to come in and work on a Saturday and they don't do a lot of stuff that your business post says about hiring someone, so you're not like a family. The last one that I have about phrases that need to die in the small business space, and I hope, I just hope right now you're yelling at the radio, your phrase that needs to die in the small business space. Because clearly there's one that makes you bananas. There has to be one that you just think is overdone. And maybe this is it, but this is my personal one. The phrase, well, we shouldn't reinvent the wheel. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. That phrase. Now, Pat, come on. Let's not reinvent the wheel here. That's why I was a failed radio broadcaster. That's why I was not a good employee in the broadcasting system. Because when I was in broadcasting... I would come up with these great big ideas because it just made me crazy to do stuff the same way everyone else did them. I didn't like doing it the way it was done in New York or Boston or Cleveland just because they were bigger cities than the one that I was in. That doesn't make it right. And I didn't like copying other people. So I would try and come up with new, fresh, and original ways to do stuff that to my bosses, well, Pat, come on. Let's not reinvent the wheel. Oh, I'm going to reinvent the wheel. I'm going to reinvent the wheel. I'm going to reinvent the car. I'm going to reinvent the fuel that goes in the car. And I'm going to reinvent the dinosaurs that died to make the fuel for the car on the road that doesn't exist. I'm going to reinvent the wheel. Now I'm going to reinvent the wheel just to make you mad. I'm going to reinvent the wheel. I always found it to be settling or like, let's just move on here. Just don't reinvent the wheel. Just go do what's already been done. That's not how I roll. That's not why I'm here talking with you. It's not what I want to do about inspiring small business owners and letting you know that you can take a step forward and you can be creative to solve your problems and you can get uncomfortable when you have to, to try and make your business dream come true because, and now we're like totally switching subjects, but too bad. We only get one chance to make this work, first of all. And if you look around, no one's coming to save us. There's no one that's going to come help you figure out your sales funnel. There's no one that's going to show up and help you make your business profitable or to go through your books and help you see where the leaks are or figure out how you're going to upsell your clients so you make more money. That kind of stuff ain't happening unless you pay them. There's no one showing up to help you. So we have to figure out how we're going to do this. And we have to lean into our superpowers and get in touch with our why and act like a ninja so we can lead our staff that's like a family. (laughs) The sarcasm's getting poured on a little bit thick here. But you get the point. All right, last thing I want to get in before we get out of here for this edition of the Pat Miller Show. We are now podcast at patmillershow.com, and we're testing out a new daily show. 
I want to talk with you every single day. And we launched a new show called Small Business Mornings, where on that show, we're getting together every day at 9 a.m. Central. Look me up on the LinkedIn and you can tune in to what we're building. Small Business Mornings, it's a way to get our brain in the right spot, find some momentum and step off into our small business journey together. So connect with me on LinkedIn and we can do that. Thank you for tuning in to this week's show. We're here to help you win. We're here to help you think big. And we're here because small businesses are dreams, not jobs. Don't grow it alone. Thanks for joining us this week for America's Small Business Conversation. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. We'll see you right here next week. Thanks for listening to The Pat Miller Show. See patmillershow.com for more information on today's guests, events, and the Idea Collective small business community. A worldwide group working together to fight fear, inexperience, and isolation for small business owners everywhere. Join us next week for The Pat Miller Show. And remember, get clear, work hard, and never quit. Guests on The Pat Miller Show have agreed prior to appearing that they are receiving consultation and advice that they may or may not use at their own risk. No part of the show should replace accounting, tax, or legal advice.